The following program is sponsored by Fairly Spiritual on KCIS. Hey everyone, it's Dr. Doug Bursch and you're listening to The Fairly Spiritual Show. On today's show, I'm going to talk about the dangers of using the gospel to make a person or a nation great again. We're going to talk about the story of Simon the Sorcerer. He was considered great in the city of Samaria. And then Philip came in and took away his greatness. So Simon hatched a plan to be great again. We'll look at the dangers of using the gospel for greatness. Who's supposed to be great when it comes to the gospel? Well, we know the answer. It's Jesus on today's Fairly Spiritual Show. Thanks for listening to The Fairly Spiritual Show. I am Dr. Doug Bursch, and I'm so glad you could listen. We broadcast on Fridays from 1 to 1.30 and on Sunday from 9 to 9.30. So on today's show, we're going to talk about a fascinating story in Acts about Simon, Simon of Samaria, who was considered great. Uh, He was considered great, and then this uh, young upstart... This foreigner comes into town by the name of Philip, and Philip takes away his greatness. And uh, this makes Simon upset. And so Simon hatches a plan in order to be great again. And we're going to look at that. Uh, We're going to look at the problem with using the gospel in order to be great, or to find greatness, or to make ourselves great. We, of course, are called to make one thing great, and that's the name of Jesus. Our calling is to have the kingdom of God advance through our lives, to be emanations of God's will on earth. It's not our kingdom come. It's not our will be done. It's God's kingdom come. Uh, Thanks for listening to today's show. If you'd like uh, more information about the Fairly Spiritual Show, you can go to my website. That's fairlyspiritual.org, fairlyspiritual.org. We need people to donate to stay on the air, so if you could go to fairlyspiritual.org and donate today, your gift at $25, $100, $500, uh, $5 million, all those gifts will be greatly appreciated. Here's the reality, though. Uh, This show stays on the air when you donate $25. That actually matters. That, That is a big amount. In fact, if we could have just eight people donate $25 today, that would make all the difference in the world. So go to fairlyspiritual.org and donate today. You can find past podcasts there, how to subscribe to The Fairly Spiritual Show on iTunes uh, or SoundCloud. You can also find out a way to pick up my book, The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor. If you'd like to text the show uh, to let me know you're listening, I'd love to hear that. You can just text and say, hey, I listen to the show. I love it. Uh, I listen to the show. I somewhat like it. I listen to the show. I'm indifferent. However you want to phrase that, I'd love to hear from you. Here's the number to text, 360-818-4513. That's 360-818-4513. 360-818-4513. You say, Doug, I don't text. I don't enjoy texting. Well, you can leave a message after the beep as well. So call and leave a message, 360-818-4513, 360 818 
45.13. Well, I want to get into this. Uh, a fascinating story in the book of Acts about a sorcerer named Simon who has a conversion experience where he uh, follows Jesus, but he's still following Jesus for the wrong reasons. There's a persecution that happens in Jerusalem. Uh, Stephen, uh, one of the deacons, is martyred, and the church is scattered. And everyone is scattered from Jerusalem except for the apostles. Uh, they're not ready to touch the apostles. They're still afraid of the apostles, but everyone is scattered, including the deacons. And the deacons are scattered, and they basically become like apostles or leaders in the churches wherever the church is scattered. And uh, Philip was a deacon as well, and so Philip becomes a leader where he's scattered, and he's scattered to uh, Samaria. So I want to read this scripture about Philip's interactions in Samaria, specifically with a man named Simon. And I was reading through this, and it's fascinating, because Simon was considered great in Samaria. They called him great, he called himself great, and people thought he had the greatness of God in him. It's a fascinating concept that he called himself great, people called himself great, they thought he had the greatness of God in him. And when Philip comes to town, and when God's greatness comes to town, uh, suddenly Simon is supplanted. Suddenly Simon isn't that great. So we're going to read some scripture here and then look at the dangers of using the gospel uh, to be great. That people who claim that they are great are, are almost always dangerous. It's just dangerous. It's dangerous when someone goes around calling themselves great. Anyone who lifts up anything but the name of Jesus is probably dangerous. I don't know why I'm saying probably. They're dangerous. Someone who calls themselves great is dangerous. Only God is great and greatly to be praised. So if you look in Acts 8, we're just going to read a little bit where this uh, story comes from. Um, so... Let's go to Acts 8, and uh, we'll just start up here in the beginning. If you're reading in your car, you really should pour, pull over to the side of the road, because it's incredibly dangerous to be reading Scripture while you're driving. But let's go to Acts 8, and uh, I'll start here in verse, uh, let's say, verse 4. Uh, Therefore, those who had been scattered went about preaching the word. So they were persecuted, they're kicked out of their homes, they're kicked out of Jerusalem, but they still follow God. Uh, they don't see the fact that they've been persecuted as a reason not to follow God. Isn't that amazing? You know, a lot of people, we stop following God the moment things get tough. You don't go to church anymore. Well, you know, God failed me. Well, that seems kind of like failure from God if you're persecuted, you're cast out of your home, you're cast out of your country, you're sent to another region. It doesn't seem logical that if that's the fruit of your faith, you'd keep following God. But they had a real relationship with God, and so even though they were scattered and persecuted and cast out of Jerusalem— they went around, went around preaching the word. It says, Philip went down to the city of Samaria and began proclaiming Christ to them. The crowds, with one accord, were giving attention to what was said by Philip, and they heard and saw the signs which he was performing. For in the case of many who had unclean spirits, they were coming out of them, shouting with a loud voice, and many who had been paralyzed and lame were healed. So there was much rejoicing in that city. Now there was a man named Simon, so here comes Simon the sorcerer into the picture, who formerly was practicing magic in the city and astonishing the people of Samaria, claiming to be someone great. So Simon in Samaria was the big man in town. He was the big man in town, the big man on campus, 
and he claimed to be someone great. And it says, and they all, from smallest to greatest, were giving attention to him, saying, quote, this man is what is called the great power of God. So before Philip came into town, people called Simon the great power of God, and Simon himself continually claimed that he was great. And they were giving him attention because he had for a long time astonished them with his magic arts. So for many years in Samaria, this man Simon, this magician Simon, was considered great in the community, considered to be the one who had the great power of God within him. He called himself great. Others called himself great. He was the great one in the city. But here comes God into the picture. But when they believed Philip preaching the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were being baptized, men and women alike. Even Simon himself believed. And after being baptized, he continued on with Philip. And as he observed signs and great miracles taking place, he was constantly amazed. So Simon becomes a believer, and he begins to follow Philip around. And I believe he's almost following Philip around like a magician who's following around another magician. He's trying to see where his tricks come from, where his power comes from. And we see later on that the reason Simon is following Philip around might not be the best reasons. There's an aspect that Philip has come into town, and now Philip appears to be greater than Simon. Now, Philip is lifting up the name of Jesus. Philip has already been cast out of his home of Jerusalem. He's already had his friend Stephen martyred. So he's certainly not pursuing the kingdom of God for some personal greatness. Philip knows that martyrdom is a, is a, a reality of what he's doing. Right now, the city is calling him great, but he's not pursuing God to be great. Already he's seen Stephen be stoned to death. He's been cast out of his uh, city. He knows that this temporary praise could soon turn into permanent martyrdom. So for Philip, he's just being obedient to God and he's advancing the kingdom of God. But from Simon's perspective, there's now this greater person in town. And this greater person in town is Philip. So Simon is following Philip around and seeing this new great one with this great power. And I think he's trying to see, how can I get my greatness back? How can I be great again? How can I now be the big man on campus? So we go down here to verse 14. Now, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent them Peter and John. So the apostles Peter and John come to Samaria to see what is happening, to see what Philip has been doing. It says, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen upon any of them, for they had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they begin laying their hands on them. So the apostles came, and they laid their hands on them, and they were receiving the Holy Spirit. Now when Simon saw that the Spirit was bestowed through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, saying, Give this authority to me as well, so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, May your silver perish with you, because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You have no part or portion in this matter, for your heart is not right before God. Therefore, repent of this wickedness of yours and pray that the, to the Lord that, if possible, the intentions of your heart may be forgiven. For I see that you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bondage of iniquity." 
But Simon answered and said, Pray to the Lord for me yourself, so that nothing of what you have said may come upon me. Now, this is such a powerful concept here, because here we see the reality of why Simon is actually following Philip around. Philip has more power in the city. Philip is seen as greater in the city than Simon, and Simon resents this. Peter sees this. Peter sees that Simon is bitter. And so here the apostles come into town, and the apostles do something that Philip has not been able to do. Philip has not baptized anyone in the Holy Spirit. The apostles come in, though, and when the apostles lay their hands on the people, the people are baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now think about Simon for a second. I want you to think deeply on this. Simon sees that the apostles are able to do something that Philip hasn't done yet. Now, I don't know why this is the case. I'm not trying to argue this. But for whatever reason, Philip has not laid hands on people for them to receive the Holy Spirit. Only the apostles. Simon sees his chance to be great again. Simon sees that here I have the apostles have the power to lay hands on people and for them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But Philip, for some reason, doesn't have that power or hasn't exercised that power. So here Simon says, by by the way, I knew I was going to say Simon says at one point during this talk. Here Simon says this. He says, if I get this power from the apostles, this power that if I lay my hands on people, they receive the Holy Spirit, then I will be greater than Philip. Because Philip hasn't done this, but I'll be able to do this. See, I'll be able to lay my hands on people, and they'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and I've not seen Philip do this yet, so I will be greater than Philip. Philip. This context, you don't hear it said directly in the scripture, but this is what is going on, and this is what Peter sees right away. Peter sees what's happening. Simon comes to the apostles for this purpose. I want to give you money so I can be like the 13th apostle. I want to be greater than Philip. I want this power. I want this power so I can lay hands on people and they receive the Holy Spirit so they can be like Philip, but so I can be better than Philip. I want to be greater than Philip. And when Simon says this, Peter is so offended, and it offends the Holy Spirit so much that Peter almost says something like, may you be struck dead. It's like, I I won't take this money, and may this money die with you. It's about as close as saying, you just said something that's worthy of death. And then Simon goes on to say, you know, basically, you may be forgiven, you might be forgiven. Pray. In fact, he says, pray to the Lord. Uh, oh, actually, in the, in the line he says, uh, in verse 22, he says, and pray the Lord that, if possible, the intentions of your heart may be forgiven. If possible. Like, if your pastor said, if possible, may you be forgiven, you'd say, that's not biblical. Of course I can be, be forgiven. But this is how dangerous this is. Peter says, this is incredibly dangerous that you would think that you can buy the gifts of God, so that you can be great. Peter looks at Simon and says, the most dangerous thing you can do is to use the gospel for your greatness. And that's what I wanted to bring up today. And I I know I got into a bit of scripture here, and I hope you could follow me on this, because the main point is here. Simon has become a Christian. He's following Jesus, but he's using the gospel so that he can be great again. Philip has come into town, and now Philip is greater than him in the eyes of the people. And so Simon wants to be great again. And so he's looking for a way to leverage the gospel 
to leverage Christianity so that he can be great again. Whenever we use spirituality to make ourselves great, we are dangerous. Whenever we use the gospel to make ourselves great, we are dangerous. We are dangerous when we use the gospel to make a person great, a family great, a church great, or a nation great. I don't read the Bible to make myself great. We don't follow God to make ourselves great. We follow God so that we can allow his kingdom to come and his will to be done, so that the name of Jesus will be great, so that God will be great in our midst. It's not our greatness. It's not our kingdom come. It's not our will be done. It's not our greatness. We are called to humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord. If God wants to lift us up, that's fine. If he wants to give us something, that's fine. If if there's a certain amount of praise people want to give us, that's fine. But we do not pursue anything for the praise of people. We do everything so that God can be great in our midst. A self-serving faith is dangerous. It's idolatry to use Christianity, to use spiritual gifts, to use anything that's from God for our selfish purposes. That's what idolatry is. Like Idols were like that. People would have an idol, and they'd use that idol to get something from their gods, right? They would have fertility idols, or uh, and they would use that fertility idol. They'd put it in a certain place, or they would do a certain ritual with that fertility idol in order to get what they wanted. They wanted more crops, or they wanted more rain. Or they wanted better weather, or they wanted a child. And so they'd do a ritual. They'd try to control God or the gods with their idol. That's what idol worship is. You use the idols in order to control God or the gods. And God says, no idol worship. You will not make any graven image of me. You won't make me into an image that you can control. No idol worship. That's why in the Old Testament, uh, you constantly had where the children of Israel were worshiping the god Baal or the god Baal. What was the god Baal? Well, there was a specific god and there was also a general term of the god Baal. But basically, that was a fertility god. And they were constantly worshiping the fertility god because they were dependent upon crops, they were sheep herders, and they were farmers. And they were dependent upon the weather. So they constantly were saying, well, just in case God doesn't provide, let's do a little idol worship. Let's make sure that we get some rain, or we get the right amount of sun, or we get the right climate so that you know, the grass grows and we have enough grazing pasture for our sheep. They tried to control God through their rituals. It's idolatry. They tried to make themselves great through controlling God through their rituals or going to another God or another idol through their rituals. And this is what Simon is doing here as well. He's following Jesus for the purpose of making himself great. Christianity is never to be used to make a person great, a family great, a church great, or a nation great. Christianity is to lift up the name of Jesus so that Jesus is great, that God is great. We are dangerous when we use or leverage the Word of God for our own greatness. I know I'm dangerous. 
when I think about the things I need to repent of, it's often when I'm trying to make myself great. And it can have so many different forms. You know, in my in my marriage, you know, I can see the things my wife is doing wrong, and I can give all kinds of biblical reasons, like you need to do this, and a good Christian does this, and I can tell her why it's wrong. But the reason I'm telling her why it's wrong, and the reason I'm I'm upset, is because I want to have a great marriage so that I feel better, and so that I get what I want, and so that I'm treated better, and so that I'm more happy, and it's all about me being great. It's all about me getting what I want. It's all about me feeling better. It's all about my greatness. It's not about God. The motivation is self-serving. I don't feel good, so I'm going to get upset with you. I'm not getting what I want, so I'm going to argue with you. I'm not happy about this, so I'm going to lay into you with some more complaints. It's about my greatness. Be, be concerned. Like If you go to a church where the pastor is always talking about the greatness of his church, that's a dangerous thing. It's not our church. It's the church. It's not our church. It's the church, the larger church, the larger expression. It's the name of Jesus that should be lifted up. Who's great? God is great. He's the one who's great and greatly to be praised. I love looking at Simon here because the one thing that hits me is Simon's motivations are huge here. His motivation of following Jesus, his motivation of following Philip, and his motivation of wanting the ability to pray for people so they can be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not so that people can be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit or not so that the kingdom of God can advance but so that he can be great again, so that people will praise him. It's all about his own self-worth and his own self-esteem. And it reminds me, what are my motivations? We have to check our hearts. What's your motivation? In any area of life, it's such a powerful thing. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Am I lecturing the kids right now because I really care about them? Or am I lecturing them right now because I'm upset because... You know, I feel like they did something that disrespected me, and my ego's in play now, and I'm saying all these spiritual things about how they need to honor me and honor God, but it's really, my motivation is I'm upset because I'm embarrassed, or my ego has been hurt, and I'm saying spiritual things, but my motivation is not for God. My motivation is I'm trying to be seen as great again. Am I not talking to that person? Am I interacting with that person poorly? Am I withholding kindness? Am I arguing with them because I am offended and I feel like they've challenged my greatness or my, or my identity or my worth? The motivation is everything. Am I following Jesus because I'm trying to get something from him? Am I going to church because I'm trying to get God to do stuff for me? Am I using God as an idol? Well, I'll pray to you as long as you get me the house I want or the relationships I need or you fix my marriage or you fix my kids. Why am I following the Lord? Is it to make my name great, or is it to advance his kingdom? Is it your kingdom come, your will be done, Lord Jesus, or is it my kingdom come, my will be done? Lord, I ask that you would search our hearts. You'd see where that Simon spirit is in us. I'm thankful, Lord, for the example that Simon did repent. Simon said, hey, I'm I'm sorry. Search my heart. 
Lord, I ask that you'd help us to repent where we're trying to use you for our greatness. Help us, Lord, to surrender and die to self and to advance your kingdom and your purposes. Amen. Hey, uh, I really need your support. If you connect at all to what we're doing on this show, I need your support to keep it on the air. I, I pastor a small church. You know, we just have 70 to 100 people there. They're not paying to have this show on the air. I'm just trying to facilitate a better dialogue on the radio. If you'd like to help, could you go to our website, fairlyspiritual.org, and donate today? Click on the donation tab. You can donate $25, $50, If a couple people donated 100 today, that would just be amazing. We can stay on the air if you donate. So go to fairlyspiritual.org and donate today. You can also text the show at 360-818-4513. That's 360-818-4513. Christ Jesus made all of us great. We're all equal through the cross. We're going to lift up the name of Jesus. He's the one to be exalted. He's the one to be praised. He's the one. You're great, Lord. You are our greatness. You're the one. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Hey, everyone, make room for the Lord. He knows you by name. I will see you next week. Thank you for listening. Proceeding broadcast was sponsored by Fairly Spiritual. When you write or call this program, be sure to mention you heard it on KCIS.